Welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm Mariah Kladji, and today we've unlocked the AmericanEagle.com forum vault for some exceptional conversations around how you can win the paid search game. Let's listen in and hear what our experts have to say. Well, welcome everyone. I hope you guys have enjoyed the forum so far. Um, This session is entitled Pay to Play, Winning the Paid Search Game. My name is Hannah Grebner. I am a digital marketing strategist here at American Eagle, where I work on not only paid search, but kind of all the other channels that you guys have been listening about today. Hi, I'm Mark Virgilio. I'm also a uh, SEO, SEM specialist here. Um, so I work on pretty much everything that you guys learned about in the last uh, discussion, as well as as paid search here, um, email marketing, you name it. I've, I've kind of done it. So great. So what exactly are we going to learn today? Our goal is to give you guys a better understanding of what paid search actually is. And then taking that understanding, we're going to kind of give you some of those rules of the game and how ads actually works so you guys can build that effective winning strategy. So what is paid search exactly? I'm sure you guys have heard about it, maybe clicked on some ads, clicked on competitors' ads to maybe help them pay a little bit more. Um, But basically, paid search is the process of gaining website traffic by purchasing ads on search engines and search engine networks. So these search engine networks are partner sites like a YouTube or other websites that showcase display ads. So there are four main types of ad campaigns that you can run within Google's ads network. The first up here is product listing ads. Sometimes these are called shopping ads. So these are great for e-commerce advertisers because you can display your products directly up front um, on a search results page. And users who are clicking through on these ads are oftentimes 65% more likely to convert than an organic user who would click on an organic listing. The second type here is the paid search ads. So these are gonna be your most common ad campaign that you'll run or that you'll see run. Um, So these are, you know, when you search for whatever term, here we've searched running shoes, you'll see maybe three to four paid search text ads before you scroll and see that first organic listing. And that's why over 40% of all clicks on a given search result page are on these top three paid ads. The fourth type of ad campaign that you can run is what's known as display advertising or banner ads. So I'm sure you guys have seen these following you around if you're browsing on a website and that specific product is now on eight other websites as you go through. Um, So these banner ads, Google likes to boast that these are really good for visibility because their specific display network reaches 90% of global internet users. So think about (laughs) how large an audience group that is. And then your last type are video ads. So these are those pre-roll ads, specifically on YouTube if you're using Google's network, um, you know, that show up those five to 15, 20 second ads before you watch uh, a YouTube video. So it's important to note here that YouTube's actually the number two search engine network directly behind Google, who is their parent company. So Google's got number one and number two. 
So a question we always get is, should I run paid search ads? Um, you know, not only is it a monetary commitment, you are paying for your specific ad to be shown within Google's network. Um, it can also be a really big time commitment. So there are kind of four main factors that we like to go through um, when we're making the, the decision if you should run paid search or not. So the first factor is, are you looking for immediate results? Paid search ads can be a really good way to get that influx of traffic to your website really quickly. You know, maybe you just started out with your SEO strategy and it's going to take two, maybe three months to actually start to take hold. Instead, you can get your paid search ads up and running within a day and start sending that traffic directly to your site. The second factor is targeted traffic. You know, maybe you don't want everybody in the world to come to your website. You only have a handful of customers and that's perfectly fine. So with a paid search ad campaign, you can kind of weed through the, the noise, if you will, and just grab your specific customers through their targeted. And then the third factor is time sensitivity. So this is really good for promotions. You know, if you've got a specific promotion coming up and you want to reach a really large audience really quickly, a paid search campaign can be a perfect way to make sure that you're grabbing that audience group. And then finally, the fourth factor, um, and probably one of the most common ones, is keyword domination. You know, maybe you have a perfect SEO strategy, everything's in line, but you just can't beat out your competitors for those top few positions organically. So instead, run a paid search campaign and leap over them and hit those top few ad places um, to, to outrank your competitors. So if you are starting out with some paid search, it's really important to understand how the ads network works and making sure that you're not overspending on your ads and making sure that you are showing up in those first few positions because there are ads you know with down lower in the search result page and maybe even on page two page three um, but we want to make sure that you guys are as visible as possible so paid search ads runs on what's known as the ads auction where you and other advertisers are bidding how much you're willing to pay per click for those specific target keywords. So if you're bidding per click, you can just think, okay, well, if I outbid all my competitors, I'm gonna show up number one, right? Um, in this example, you can see the exact opposite is true. So we have three advertisers here bidding on the specific keyword for running shoes. Our number one advertiser is bidding $2 per click versus the third ranked advertiser, which has a much higher bid at $4 per click. So how does this work? Google ranks and positions ads based on what's known as your ad rank. So this takes your max bid, how much you're willing to pay per click for that specific keyword, and multiplies it by a factor known as your quality score. So the quality score is a range from zero to 10, with 10 being the best, zero being terrible, and you shouldn't be targeting that keyword, um, and determines the relevancy as an advertiser for those specific keywords. So if we jump into um, quality score and kind of take it apart and piece together what it actually consists of, there are six different main factors that go into determining your quality score. So the first main factor is keyword relevancy. 
this measures how well does that keyword that you're targeting match your ad that you're drafting out, how well does it match your website content, and then how well does that actually match what the searcher's intent was when they conducted that search. The second factor is your click-through rate. So this measures the number of times that your ad's been clicked divided by the number of impressions or the number of views that your ad has seen. The third factor is your ad relevancy. So similar to keyword relevancy, this takes a look at the specific ad copy that you've drafted out for that targeted keyword. So you want to make sure that the, the copy within the ad again, matches that searcher's intent because that's gonna be what um, draws the searcher in to increase that click-through rate um, and hopefully increase your revenue. The fourth factor is your landing page. So you wanna make sure that your landing page is optimized specifically for those keyword targets um, that you're bidding on. So if I am a running shoe company and I'm bidding on the specific term women's running shoes, I'm not gonna send all my traffic to my homepage because my homepage not only features my women's running shoes, but also my men's running shoes, maybe kids' running shoes. So instead, to have a very um, you know, targeted and focused landing page, I'm gonna build out a specific women's running shoe landing page with those products only. Maybe I've got a promotion or something like that on that landing page and drive my traffic there. Then the fifth factor is your historical performance. So Google will start to reward you for being a loyal customer. So as long as you run quality ads over a period of time, you'll start to see that quality score increase. And then finally, your competitors and other factors. These are kind of out of your control. These are the intangibles. Um, but your quality score will be impacted if you have more competitors entering your um, ad space or if you have seasonal ads that kind of fluctuate with the search terms throughout the year um, you'll start to see ebbs and flows in your quality score with that. If we go back to our example of how our bid of two dollars can outrank the bid of four dollars if we add in the advertisers quality scores for each one of these um, three ads you can see that our top advertiser while they only bid $2, they had a quality score of 10 out of 10. So they had a perfect quality score, um, and that equaled an ad rank of 20, which is much higher than our advertiser who had the highest bid, $4, but they only had a quality score of 2 out of 10. So that gave them an ad rank of 8. Yeah? Does 10 over 10 happen very often? We, we almost never see it. No, it's like the like white whale. Three <laughs> words and then matching three words, like boom, 100%. I've never, we see it very often. No, almost never, and it's very relevant. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's really hard to get a 10 out of 10. Um, you know, basically what we look for and shoot for is probably within that 7 to 8 to maybe 9 range. Um, like Nike advertising, Nike might be a 10. Yeah, exactly. So you can see here, um, not only does your quality score basically determine where you're going to rank within the, the ads um, positioning, but it will also help determine how much you're paying per click. So what you are bidding isn't always going to be what you're paying per click. Um, the actual cost per click takes into account the ad rank of the person directly below you within the auction 
and divides that number by your own quality score to give you your cost per click. So you can see the average quality score for most advertisers is around a 5 out of 10. So it's, you know, middle of the road. Anything above a 5 out of 10, so once you get up into that 7, 8, 9 range, you're going to start to see, um, you know, cost savings with that higher quality score. On the flip side, anything below that 5 out of 10 mark, so once you get down in the 4s, 3s, 2s, all the way down to the dreaded number 1, you're going to start to see your actual cost per click increase because Google is basically saying this ad isn't as relevant to that searcher for what they're specifically looking for. So this is very typical um, to see kind of lower quality scores, especially if you're running a campaign where you're bidding on maybe your competitors' brands. Um, so, you know, still a valid campaign. Just realize that you're going to pay more because your quality score is going to be lower. So then we're going to add in um, the actual cost per click in this example so you can definitely see again our top advertiser saw some significant cost savings per click because they had that perfect 10 out of 10 quality score um, whereas you know the the other competitors while they still saved a little bit of money with the the higher quality scores um, they definitely didn't see as as high as the the top advertiser so that is basically how Google ranks your ads and determines how much you're paying per click based on what you're bidding um, and the, the relevancy of your specific campaign and your website. So now Mark is going to kind of help build out the strategy to help obtain this. Um, quick show of hands, who has run a paid search campaign, currently running a paid search campaign, maybe thinking about running a paid search Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, perfect. So this portion is for everyone, really, for you to either um, create a good foundation for building out your new campaign or maybe to just look critically at your existing campaign and, and really how you can improve upon that situation. Or just kind of like what your question was over here, too. Um, there are a couple factors that Google doesn't mention that will affect quality score and subsequently cost and, and add rank. So. Um, so our first slide here is just really how to organize a campaign. So this is kind of, you know, we're gonna we're gonna walk through how to structure the campaign from the beginning all the way to the end, you know, until you ultimately release those uh, those ads out into the wild. So um, the first thing you're gonna want to do is is obviously select your services. What do you want to bring to market? So we kind of talked about in the last um, presentation here. Um, SEO is, is super, super quick. Um, paid search is faster, um, especially with that, uh, there's more money that's going out the door in a quicker time period. So, um, so there's a couple things we really wanna focus on when we're building out our campaign because again, there's, there's some things that we'll talk about later on that are gonna directly impact your success of that campaign you know, as the months progress, the years progress on and so forth. So first one's really gonna be organization. So um, how you structure the campaign is directly going to affect how your analytics is going to be represented. So, um, you know, you may be a small mom and pop shop, you only have a couple of services that you're presenting or that you're bringing to market, um, you know, 
it, it's pretty easy to to weed through that information. But you know, we see with some of these larger e-commerce sites, more and more services, um, more and more specific situations within those services or keywords, um, organization is going to be critical. So. Um, you know, if you're just presenting to executive level staff or, you know, you're the boss, you want to make sure that you're remaining organized with your campaigns um, and that directly affects uh, focus and optimization. So same thing, you know, if you're organized, you're going to know what is potentially a problem area within your campaign. And at that point, you'll be able to isolate that issue um, and, and take action towards that, that issue specifically. So we're just going to keep going with um, what Hannah had started off with, which is kind of running shoes here. So um, just our campaign title is going to be Athletic Shoes here. And of course, our ad groups are going to be broken down as far as kids running shoes, um, men's running shoes, and women's running shoes. And um, again, that's going to help when we start building out our keyword lists and, and our ad copy. Okay, so um, so the next uh, the next portion of the interface that you're going to see is really um, where you're going to target your ad. So unless you guys have a bazillion dollars, like what you had mentioned, you know um, the Nikes out there, the North Faces, anything like that, you know they they have tens of thousands of dollars to throw towards their marketing campaigns each month, if not more. So. Um, depending upon your service offerings or where you're bringing your, your services to market, um, you want to be able to target your locations appropriately. So we pulled this snapshot here quickly because um, you know, I thought it was just a, a good representation of the agility that you can have with your targeting. So um, it's, it's going to help you focus on those, on those key areas. Again, if it's running a promotion that's specific to a state, or um, again, maybe you don't service a particular state or region, something like that, um, you have the ability to make those determinations. So um, anything in red are exclusions. So you have that ability to exclude specific areas of the US or a particular region. Um, and anything in blue is what we're actually targeting. So there's a couple different targeting options. Um, one is gonna be a radius. Um, the other one you could, uh, you could target on a state level and then you can also target on an individual level as well. So I think it can go down almost as granular as um, the zip code. So if you guys are really targeting a, a particular area, again if it's a promotion, something like that, um, the granularity is pretty extensive. So, um, so you want to make sure that when you're targeting, uh, you're being mindful of the budget that you're playing with for that given campaign, especially if it's time, time sensitive, excuse me, um, something like that, um, targeting is super critical for your ads. Okay, so uh, building out your keyword list. So really this is the cornerstone to any uh, strong paid search campaign. Um, really this is going to give you the ability to make determinations on what search terms a user is going to present to the engine to trigger one of your ads. So again, we're just using our, our keyword list here. So just pulled a couple examples for each ad group. Um, kind of what we talk about here in the next few slides as far as match types, um, we're gonna wanna focus on intent. It's another um, SEO related item that also blends into paid search. Um, like I said, your keyword list is going to determine where your campaign goes from that point forward. So when we're talking about machine learning, 
those types of things. Uh, historical data is taken into account. So we want to make sure that how our ads are structured, where they're being shown, what keywords we're bidding on, and the relevancy of all of that is going to help progress our campaign or give us actionable insights when we're doing reporting. So again, we can isolate potential issues and kind of go from there, um, or really make those, make those optimizations as needed. Okay, so match type. So again, we were talking about intent. Um, how you use match types is going to govern that intent. So depending upon how you present that, um, an ad may show for a specific search. So, um, so we'll kind of go down the list here quickly. Uh, the first one that most of you guys are going to see is broad match. And the reason being is, is that broad match is your default match type. Um, I can't tell you guys how many accounts that we acquire from um, from clients that have tried running it on their own, and we you know we look at the the match or excuse me we look at the keyword list and and everything is just broad match. Um, if you want Google to spend your money as quickly as possible, put broad match for everything. <laughs> so um, I had a client recently that they they market uh, BMW motorcycles. One of their keywords was BMW, broad match. Obviously, we all know there's BMW automobiles out there, so they were getting a ton of irrelevant searches for ultimately what they're marketing for. So that those are increased clicks. They're irrelevant clicks. Their landing pages don't account for that. Needless to say, the campaign was not performing well. So um, broad match is really going to pull misspelling, synonyms, any related searches. Um, it's, it's not something we recommend, again, unless you have a massive budget. Uh, the next one is broad match modifier. So again, this one kind of is friendly with broad match. I'd be aware of this. So um, broad match modifier is going to hold all of the criteria of broad match for the keywords that are accompanied with a plus sign. So it can pull in any similar searches for, we just pulled an example, women's running shoes here. It could be like ladies running shoes something like that, various semantic presentation of that keyword. So be careful with, uh, with broad match modifier as well. Phrase match is one we really like to use um, because again, it's a little bit more specific. So obviously broad being at the top, if we picture a triangle all the way, going all the way down to a little bit narrower of a point. So uh, phrase match is anything that is possessed within um, quotation marks. So that could show uh, a similar term before or after that keyword. So we have women's shoes here. It could be, um, you know, women's shoes for running, something like that. An exact match is as sharp as you can get. It's going to show exactly that keyword or phrase that is presented within those brackets. Um, that's another one we really like to use. Again, especially if we're using or um, we're utilizing a smaller budget, uh, the more focused we are with that term. Um, the better determinations we can make if that keyword is intent driven. So, and then the last one is negative match. So let's just say, again, you have a, a specific brand of shoes. Uh, you guys don't sell that. Um, you can add that as a negative match. So that will not trigger an ad for any searches related to that term. Okay, so, um, so just a quick overview of maybe what you guys would see or potential situations for a, uh, a given keyword list here. Um, like I said, we really want to focus our intent with our keywords, especially when we start building out our ad copy. Um, Google is going to take into, into account that historical data. 
and we really want to start narrow first, especially if you're dealing with a, a, a smaller budget. Um, one of the things that we want to look for is in our search terms report. So our search terms report will give us insights into, um, based off of the keywords that we're bidding, what are the terms that are also being associated. And then from there we can make the determination if we want to exclude those terms or add them to our keyword list. So be mindful with that too because as you add keywords that's additional costs that you're going to be accruing um, within your overall keyword list. So be picky, um, do your research, uh, Again, you'd be surprised how one little semantic presentation of a keyword either way will drastically either change cost or the, uh, the search volume associated with that keyword. Okay, so, um, so we're gonna talk about uh, building out our, our ads themselves. So this plays into, again, what Hannah was talking about as far as is quality score and ad rank. So how we structure our ads and how that, or how that is represented by our keyword list is, um, is directly going to affect our ads. So in 2016, uh, Google announced extended, um, extended ad headlines and then also descriptions as well. So if you guys have built out ads before, you know that sometimes to try to market your product with the shorter headlines, it was, it was kind of tough. Um, you know, you kind of have that idea in mind or you're just about to finish your call to action and you're just a few characters shy and you got to kind of restructure and start over. So, um, so to um, marketers rejoiced, obviously. However, um, there were, um, they were kind of beta testing some of this. So at times you wouldn't necessarily see uh, some of the headlines presented there. So um, we have the real estate now. Real estate on the first page is at a premium. So let's take up as much space as we can, um, especially if they're gonna allow it, and then also we're paying for it. So, um, so definitely spread your wings, guys. So our, just the first portion here is, um, you were gonna start off with our, our final or destination URL. So that's gonna possess our tracking URL or our landing page. So whether you have um, tracking on the, on the URL level, if you're using like UTM parameters, something like that, um, go ahead and throw that in there. If not, you know, some pages are, some home pages, some internal pages are really great um, for uh, your final URL. The next one is your headline. So I'll, I'll kind of group these. Headline one and two. Headline one and two are really your opportunities to introduce that keyword into your ad copy. So um, there's a couple hacks that we can, or that you guys can do, or there's a couple of really additional features that um, AdWords does offer that um, that we're not specifically going to, to cover here or show, but I, I like to use it a lot in my campaigns because when we're looking at a ton of different keywords, we have a ton of different service offerings, a ton of different ad copies. It's hard to it's hard to create a situation for every single keyword that you guys may present. So there's something that's called dynamic keyword insertion, and if you guys have more info or if you guys have more questions about this. Um, go ahead and you can come up to us or, or, or someone else about it here you know after at the happy hour but what that does is that based off of the search query that a user presents to the engine it will dynamically insert one of your keywords from the list into one of your headlines so that accounts for if somebody changes up their their search query or presents a various semantic presentation of your keyword list 
um, it will insert that keyword into the headline and that'll help with quality scores, it'll help with ad relevance, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of, a nice, kind of a nice opportunity that they don't mention often. The last one is headline three. That one doesn't always show, um, but that's, that's one that you might wanna put some of the, the lesser information in there. Um, again, we're just using the Under Armour, um, just kind of like a, a quick value proposition. This is what fast feels like, something like that. It's really not a keyword. It's not anything that's it's gonna benefit the ad. But um, a forgotten keyword opportunity is your display path. So sometimes our final URL is big and ugly and nobody likes it, um, but the, uh, the display path gives you an opportunity to not only put in a keyword or an, an additional keyword opportunity, but it makes a, a little bit of a more user-friendly URL that you can present to, um, to the engine. And then the final two is really your opportunity to market your product or service. Tell the user why they should click on your ad as opposed to one of the organic listings. Um, provide them some sort of distinctive call to action in there. Create a sense of urgency. Like I said, it's your opportunity to market your product. Why should they go with you as opposed to a competitor or something else? Okay, so uh, buy real estate or extend your ads. So um, Hannah had talked about uh, click-through rates as well too. We had mentioned before about real estate being a premium on the first page. There are additions that you can present on your, uh, your ads that will help with that click-through rate. So let's just say they present, you know, the ultra running shoe here. Um, you know, they're looking for something that's close to home. Uh, you have that opportunity to present additional information by a ad extension that may be a little bit more relevant to that user. So again, if they're looking for something that's close to home, you could have something in there that says like, you know, see our location, something like that. Um, same thing holds true for all the other ads here. Next thing is, um, just a continuation of that, um, we pulled, or these are the same ads that we, sh we showed on the previous slide, but then we pulled a couple others from what seems to be just like general footwear um, type sites. So you can clearly see that two of those ads take up the space of just one of the others. So you have that opportunity to push that user off of the first page organically or through a paid search medium here definitely do that. So we, um, we just called out some of the other extensions that you can use. So like I said, it could be a phone number, um, it could be a message, a promotion, some sort of affiliate, if it's a, um, a price extension, something like that. Take up that real estate and give yourself that, that fighting chance. All right, so landing pages. This is really what everything resolves to. Um, just quick side note here, um, some of the examples that we use, again, with big box brand stores, they can get away with bad SEO or bad user experience at times. Reason being is they're kind of the king of the castle when it comes to bidding on some of these. So this is not the most stellar example, um, just for a couple reasons, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, So again, we just pulled this speed form uh, from Under Armour here. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool, pretty cool example, and it, it, it highlights um, a lot of the key aspects that you're gonna wanna possess on your landing page as well. So, and here's the anatomy of, so each landing page should possess um, really these features. We definitely wanna have a nice value proposition, 
create that sense of urgency. You know, why should somebody buy from you? Have a conversion action prepared for the user. Have a distinctive call to action, excuse me. Um, your product offering or detail. Couple iffy ones here, contact info. Um, additional navigation. The goal of the landing page is to almost trap that user. Keep them on that page, have them take your desired action, and also it's gonna possess your conversion action so you can, you can track how well your ad is doing or your landing page is doing or how poorly it. Uh, discounts or promotion codes as well. So we just did an exploded version for you guys or, or highlighted version if you will. So again, uh, our value proposition is here. This is what fast feels like. Another value proposition in the corner, let's just say you guys were awarded you know, you know, best, uh, best running shoe brand company for 2019, something like that. You know, pre present your accolade, present your banner. Again, why should somebody buy from you? We have our conversion action and then our call to action as well. Oh, I almost forgot, our sense of urgency. So this one launches 228. So sign up today, let me know when it gets launched. Um, you know, put me on that wait list, whatever, whatever your conversion action may be. Again, the one thing that they have that I don't recommend is they don't describe their product or service offering that much. Again, you know, you've seen it before, like all of a sudden you see the Michael Jordan logo pop up on the screen. You know, that brand is pretty recognizable. Um, whereas some of the smaller brands, you kind of have to convince somebody why they should, why they should purchase the, uh, the product. But then also it's a nice comfy spot for you to introduce additional keyword opportunities on there because that's directly going to affect your ad rank, um, your quality score. All right, um, last couple things here. Um, we are just barely scratching the surface as far as the abilities that you guys have through Google AdWords. Um, there's some additional targeting that is out there and you can leverage to your benefit. Um, again, oftentimes this requires a watchful eye. You know, we need to, when Hannah was talking about, you know, the reach that some of these, um, some of these features offer, you know, they can find themselves in the billions. So again, think about that as far as how many clicks could potentially be coming in and, and your budget that you're working with. So it requires vigilance as far as uh, some of these additional targeting features. First one is just audience targeting. So um, you can show your ads to specific audiences. So if we're talking about running shoes again too, um, an audience that they might offer would be, you know, avid, avid athletes, uh, somebody that's also interested in athletic wear, not just shoes, something like that. Um, the, uh, the next one is going to be demographics. So demographics is an interesting one nowadays. Um, the war on privacy is being war, uh, waged every day. So things like gender, household income, parental status, things like that, people are trying to protect. They don't want that information being collected and it can be tough for marketers depending upon what type of demographics they may be targeting. So again, if we're just, let's just say we're just doing women's shoes again, um, we might want to omit something like, you know, the, the male population, but be mindful of that. Again, if somebody's shopping for gifts or, or those types of things. So. Um, again, just, uh, just a quick example.
So demographic targeting really allows you to focus those ads or show those ads to a specific, um, a specific data set. Okay, and then the last one is, uh, is placement. So you can choose where you have your ads placed, not only from a, um, a text ad situation, but then also from anything like banners or videos, something like that. So uh, placements could show your ads, say, on a, a, a one of your favorite YouTube channel, um, you know, or influencers page. So again, if you're, if you're following a fitness personality, something like that, you have that ability to target their website or target their page, something uh, along those lines. Uh, okay, uh, that covers really some of the targeting options. Um, like we mentioned before, you know, we've, uh, we've acquired a ton of accounts um, or existing accounts. The first thing that we really wanna look at is, you know, what's that performance of, uh, of the account? You know, how is it organized? How is it structured? What are the terms we're bidding on? What's the search volume and the cost associated with that? So, um, so let us know if you have an existing account. Um, that's something we could certainly look at for you guys. You know, we do audits for that. Um, we can also do anything like A-B testing or, um, yeah, A-B testing or restructuring of that camp campaign, one-time project fixes, anything. Um, you know, we're here to do that consultation for you guys as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully this, uh, this armed you guys with some information to, to maybe go back to your accounts, take a look at it, see how it's performing, maybe look at some areas you haven't got to or that you might not have been aware of at the time. And uh, yeah, protect your dollars, make them work for you. I think it's time if we have any questions. Um. In your example where you had uh, the quality score and the, the ranking, mm -hmm. do, you, do, you, do you modify or make judgment calls or, or decide what the bid is going to be based on that? No, I think I think definitely um, quality scores, at least for for myself, is one of the top things that I'll go in and look at every single day if I'm going through a, like a health check of the accounts. Is I take a look kind of at the the keyword list. What are those keywords that we're bidding on? Okay, so what's my quality score? I'm going to run through that table and kind of determine and see. Okay, this keywords that maybe like a five out of ten. Should we be bidding on this keyword for um, whatever bid that we have? You know, say it's two dollars. Um, does that align with our overall strategy? Should we make optimizations, whether it be on our ads or the landing page, to improve that quality score, or should we maybe just drop that keyword altogether um, and kind of have those determinations as you go through your your account every day? With respect to the, the amount that you bid, mm -hmm. is it going to matter to you as long as you know your quality score is high? You're going to rank well for it. Does it matter? <coughs> you, you spend a lot of time thinking about what you're going to bid. Four dollars and you pay a dollar twenty-one. Is that going to matter to you? Well, you'll definitely want to take a look and see um, kind of your overall competitive landscape for bids. So, if you've ever been in the keyword planner tool and kind of seen the um, the recommended bids that that Google will tell you they collect that data of how much people are bidding per keyword. Um, typically you'll bid per ad group actually. So um, you'll wanna take a look and see, okay, for this specific ad group, 
Um, do I want to bid because this is our, our main group of product offering or service offering? So I may want to bid higher on this to kind of balance out. Maybe I have a little bit lower quality score for these specific keywords and kind of try and have that strategy to balance out and rank higher versus maybe you have another sect of keywords in another ad group where you have a higher quality score, um, but it's maybe not as prevalent to your business. It's not your number one focus, so you can bid a little bit lower on that. So they all do kind of play hand in hand, and it's, it's, it's definitely a, a determination game where you have to go kind of across different, different avenues to determine that bid. Winning the paid search game can be challenging, but with all of this great insight from our experts, you can win too. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to another engaging episode coming soon. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios.